0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you here as the NFL season kicks off just hours from now as we tape this podcast on Thursday Night Football. Lions Chiefs, but... Colts fans have to wait just a little bit longer to the first full NFL Sunday of the year, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars 1 p.m. kickoff. If you're in central Indiana, you can watch that on Fox 59, 1 p.m. And if you have DirecTV, well, I hope you have uh, rabbit ears right now or knock on wood mostly uh, that uh, that – the two sides can uh, can come together because, chap. As you tweeted any, out this week, any
1: inside information?
0: I do not have any inside none, information. But none. you tweeted out this week in reference to the uh, the Nick Bosa deal. Deadlines spur action, and this is this is a deadline for sure. I've, I've got
1: rabbit ears and yep. Tana, and they didn't work last time for the preseason game, mm-hmm. and hopefully I'll get it fixed because yeah, that's some of us. I pace. I, I, I want to. I, I did call you first, and I got to cut in my rate because I don't get my two channels but hopefully they'll get it solved because a lot of people don't have all the streaming. I'm talking the hardline, you know, fan base. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the people who have the money will figure out how to let us
0: watch TV. Right. I think a lot of people who listen to podcasts have an avenue to get this game. But in case you're out there and you're listening to us and you don't, I definitely wanted to get it out there and remind you. You don't want to be sitting in your room on Sunday, 1 o'clock, try to turn on the Colts game. And then remember, oh, shoot, this is still going on right now. So, yeah, hopefully, A, they work it out and it's done and it's a moot point. But B... I would uh, right now still have a backup plan because it's not. It hasn't been worked out uh, here, if if you're listening, of course, in central Indiana. But anyway, uh, we'll talk Colts, Jaguars, plenty. We've got injury updates, of course, chatting Anthony Richardson in his first NFL start. Um, let, let's start with uh, what's been going on at uh, at headquarters this week. We've heard from Shane Steichen, Anthony Richardson, a slew of players in the locker room today, chap. Uh, significant news uh, on this Thursday, which will be Shaquille Leonard's day, speaking with the media throughout the year. But he has been cleared from concussion protocol. We expect to see the maniac on the field here in week one for the Colts.
1: Yeah, we talked to him, and it's, it's we're in the part where we're trying to read between lines and body language. He, he's ready to go. And this would be, be a two-man podcast if looks could kill, because I asked Shaq, is there a concern over the concussions? He said no, and again, he could have killed me with the stare. <laughs> but you got to ask, I mean, right. I'm more concerned with the con- concussions than I am in the back. So it's, it's three that we know of in his career, two in the last since October, because remember when he broke his
0: broke his face? When Zaire Franklin's <laughs> uh, head uh, just He cru-
1: also got a his. concussion, and we don't know. The first concussion was in 19, and he missed three games, including the uh, upset in Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. And last year, the concussion, we don't know how long he would have been out because of, of the, the nose, broken nose, fractured nose, whatever it was. So it's a concern. It's always a concern. But, uh, the, and they need, they, they, they need him to be as close to what he's been because outside of – DeForest Buckner, there's no Kenny Moore has been, but a playmaker. Mm-hmm. There, there's not, and he gives them that possibility, and that's what he was in the past. So hopefully he's back. He doesn't know if he'll be on a pitch count. I imagine he will be because, mm-hmm. if nothing else, they want to get EJ Speed on the field. But it, it'll be good to see Shaq back.
0: Yeah, Matt, Matt, if you, if you don't have a 10 to 15 sack guy coming off the edge, the best next thing you could have. Is a playmaker, whether that's as a safety or a linebacker or whoever it might be. That is that has a knack for taking the ball away because that that's what Shaquille Leonard has been to the Colts over the past couple of years of them not having a steady guy that you can certainly rely on off the edge. I'm certainly not sleeping on what DeForest Buckner does from the inside, but there's a difference in the edge rusher. which you is need the, edge, th- edge that's, that's why Nick Bosa is making $30 million a year, franchise quarterback money right now. So, so that's my point, that, that Shaquille Leonard, he's been one of the most, if not the most important player on the Colts' defense
2: during his time here in Indy. I mean, even, even when the Colts' defense has given up lots of yards and we've seen it time and time again it seems like in that key moment of the game he's the guy who is you know causing a fumble picking off a pass something like that and they just don't really have anybody on that defense that does that so that is a role that he is well suited for in this defense he's been the heart and soul of it and so let's let's hope that he can come back and make some of those those big plays that just games hinge on those big moments and he's one of those guys who can step up and do them and that's one thing that really worked with Matt Eberflus's defense when Eberflus was here a couple years
0: ago was the quote bend don't break and I know that people or even players or even coaches don't love that phrase because you'd rather not bend at all but like just just the more snaps you're on the field the more opportunities you give your playmakers to make plays it's 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 common sense so if you're gonna like if at if you can't just stop the opponent make sure they don't get the chunk plays you know don't don't give them 14 20 25 yards at a time if they work down the field 4 6 yards at a time that's just more opportunity. Your, your defense is going to get tired <laughs> absolutely it will but it does give your uh, your playmakers like a Leonard
2: more opportunities to make those plays get the ball back in those scenarios so anyway uh yeah
0: yeah that, i was just
2: going to say and it'd be interesting to see because we really have not seen how he'll be used in the Gus Bradley defense
1: Gus Bradley's really and I mentioned it right. to Gus he's not had this kid In the defense, three games last year doesn't really equate to anything because everyone agrees that that wasn't Shaquille Leonard last year out there for whatever it was. 74 snaps. Yeah, I
0: mean, he was he was extremely limited, whatever he did. so And, we'll he, got, and,
1: and he got an interception.
0: He did, yeah. It was, it was his first game back, wasn't it, that he picked yes. the ball off? I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it was, if I remember correctly. So um, we'll see what he can do and how much, uh, if he's on any pitch count uh, in this game. I know the Colts want to work in EJ Speed, who's also out of concussion protocol, had cleared uh, earlier this week. Um, so it'll be a mix of all, all those two and Zaire Franklin, for sure, uh, at linebacker, just because whenever Speed was on the field last year, he was making plays, making good plays, making important plays uh, for the team. So. Uh, so we'll we'll see uh, what what happens with Shaq as uh, as kickoff comes this weekend. Uh, the other player that was listed on the Colts' first injury report of the week was uh, running back Zach Moss, limited in participation with a forearm injury, and that was in reference to him breaking his arm in uh, the preseason. Now, was it was the first preseason game. It was, it was no, it was the first uh, padded practice. First padded practice that it happened that uh, that Moss broke his arm. But at that point, you saw the. Um, the timetable for return from injury, and you thought that week one's a possibility. Six weeks, it. exactly. Oh, okay, so, yeah, anyway. but but I mean, you, you never know with injury time because I mean, Jonathan Taylor is supposed to be back in four to six weeks, and it's been what? let's not go down that rabbit. I, I, no, no, okay? I, I had I had to t- I had to say it. I had to say it. We don't have to say anything more about it. But uh, Zach Moss <laughs> will will maybe be on the field uh, this weekend, which would be great. Um, just giving uh, them some more. More ammo at running back if we bring in the Jonathan Taylor situation because he's not going to be out there. Obviously, you got Dion Jackson, you got um, you got Zach Moss, maybe, and you got the rookie Evan Hall. It's kind of a three headed monster there at running back. The three guys you would expect to see time or see see reps, chap. I could see them bring one of the players up from the practice squad. I can too. Yeah, J- just for just for bodies, especially uh, if Moss can't go, and then correct. you
1: have to. Again, we, it's funny. We asked him about the injury. It was a broken forearm. And he was asked, well, at least it it wasn't a hamstring. So, so couldn't you have kept your conditioning up? She said, "Boy, you'd think so," but then he said, "No, when you're when you're hurt and you're not out there, it's you lose your conditioning, your football conditioning, pretty quickly." Yeah. So, and they they you know, uh, since you already mentioned the name, ideally, you've got a feature back, a Jonathan Taylor, but they don't, and and who knows when he will be back? Until then, it's going to be by committee. I'm not. I won't be surprised if there's another running back in here next week. You know, you don't do it this week because veterans are. It's, it's vested and their their contracts are guaranteed. So a lot of teams will wait for week two to bring in veterans to where it's really a week to week. I'm not writing off Kareem Hunt. I'm just not. I, I, it's, He's you know, still it's, out there. And they they had James Robinson in last week, a former Jaguar. But th- th- right now, this is who you got. And they've got – we'll get into this a little bit later, but they've got to get something from the running game. And I'm not saying from Richardson. They need to get something from the running backs. Right. They, do, they do. And that's to me, that's going to be the key to the game, one of the keys of the game, and, and how – Richardson plays this year
0: for the Jaguars. Two players on their initial injury report of the week: uh, defensive end, Antonio Johnson. He's, he's
2: actually DB. I I mistyped.
0: Golly, that. yeah, he was
2: DB Antonio latches. Johnson
0: and a defensive end Tyler Lacey. So there we go. Two players on the defensive side of the ball. If I'm not mistaken, they're both backups too. I don't think either of them are starters. So uh, they're they're full their full unit of starters. Uh, not not expected to uh, to be missing. Uh, this weekend as they take the field uh for the colts the the first unofficial depth chart of the regular season i mean we we spent a whole podcast talking about the unofficial depth chart of the preseason so you you figure we have to touch on it here and the regular season is out uh not a surprise to see Josh Downs listed as the starting uh, slot receiver ahead of Isaiah McKenzie. That's
1: how they'd been using him.
0: Yep, we saw that throughout the preseason, yeah. throughout training camp, that that he was out there. Maybe at the beginning of camp, it was it was very much a split, especially when Downs was trying to work his way back on the field with with injury. Um, but but since he got healthy and like a week after that, it was it was Josh Downs out there with with uh, the that first unit. Uh, Amari Rogers is listed as a fifth wide receiver, even though uh, there are four receivers on uh, on the, the fifty three right now. Uh, so. He he could be called up, I believe, to to that roster. It,
2: it could be a holdover because at one point this depth chart also had a backup kicker okay. listed. So it's possible somebody forgot to clear a field That's on possible. the website.
0: That happens from time to time. <laughs> a, 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 a just, sentence. just to be fair. Yes, Matt knows well, the uh, digital producer <laughs> yes. here at Fox 59, that, that sometimes a sentence is accidentally left out there. That shouldn't be there. You just hope that it's not uh, the sentence is not too uh, too controversial in, in one aspect or another. And uh, anyway, uh, we said uh, we talked about the three-headed monster at running back with Moss Jackson and Hall. Um, no surprise to see Daryl Baker Jr., Dallas Flowers as your starting cornerbacks alongside Kenny Moore in the slot too. Uh, Ten defensive linemen, and they're they're going to need all the defensive linemen. They're 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 all going to play. Uh, maybe they they keep one of them out or for um, just to to get to fifty three. You know, but but chap, in order to 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 get pressure on any quarterback but Trevor Lawrence uh, for sure you're you're gonna need a a a unit that is fresh you're gonna need a unit that is rotating that's what the best defensive lines in the in the NFL do is you need eight strong guys to go in there give your starters a spell come in at the proper time and get after the quarterback play after play
1: and they probably have they probably have that I mean I've always been a Taquan Lewis fan. Likewise. I, is he is he a starter quality, eh fringe, but he's such a quality rotational guy. Uh Dio is going to be a backup again with, with Samson. Ekubon?
0: Ekubon, yes. Ekubon.
1: Ekubon. Uh so so you're gonna need that other guy inside, Taven Bryant. I, I don't know who it might be, but I, I, I like <laughs> I like the depth. I like the I like the front seven. I really like the front seven. And that's really not knowing what you're going to get from Shaq but again one of the strengths of this team while while I question the pass rush they're tough to run against Grover Stewart is just good oh yeah he's just good pro bowler maybe uh, there's just so many that that do more yeah, statistical things yeah there's many to get more things. stats and that's the yeah. problem but but you you look at guys uh, team centric he he's just huge for this team he he and buck are really quality players but they need to, they're going to need to carry the day. They can't get into track meets with these teams. Uh, so it's going to be on this defense starting up front because we'll get into it. I'm really nervous about the corners. I'm not sold on the secondary. And, you know, we talked to Gus a couple of times, and I've mentioned it. For, for a defense to be good, you need a pass rush complementing your corners. Right now, those are two major questions on this team. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, Arlington Hambright signed to the practice squad. Uh, The team had waived him to sign Jake Martin. That's a cool name. Arlington Hambright, love it. The law firm of Arlington and Hambright is now on the practice squad. Right. Uh, that's because they signed pass rusher Jake Martin, waived by the ca- Cowboys. So that's two former pass rushers uh, from the Cowboys that are now on the Colts roster. Joined uh, Isaiah Land, the former. We should have got Micah Parsons. I know, right? I Wait, mean, why, 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 just a just an accidental slip there yeah, from really? the Cowboys. You know what? I think
2: he was with the Texans.
0: Golly, I'm I, I thinking of
2: Isaiah Land. She was, Boy, yes, i tell thinking about tell you, That's Land. what happens when you when first you're first game. It's
0: first game. It is. Yes, we're we're mm-hmm. still shaking off the preseason season, uh, the pre, I mean, I'm getting into regular season form here, uh, but anyway, the uh, the Colts waived veteran offensive lineman Dan Skipper uh, in a corresponding move as well, uh, so uh, so there, there's that uh, move with the roster this week. So that brings us to the Jaguars, visiting Lucas Oil Stadium this weekend, season opener. Colts have not won a season opener, guys, infamously, since 2013, nine games in a row. It has been 10 years since that opening week win baby steps last year though it was took one step closer with a tie they you did know. a game that they should have won if not for a missed field goal by a kicker who uh is uh, our former producer joe hopkins favorite but uh sorry well, joe man. sorry uh hot rod uh sorry uh folks back home who are who are big fans of of uh of of rodrigo uh blankenship but it, it was it was there to be had kevin bowen had a great stat
1: and I'll trust him because he's really good at this, that of all the Colts on that roster in 2013, none are still in the NFL. That's how long ago it's been. That, and that's not like ancient. Right. You know, 10 years, That's you should have somebody hanging You'd on a, one or two. a long yeah, snapper exactly. or whatever, but... Told you how long it's been.
0: It has. It's been a very long time. Um, And the Jaguars coming in, widely considered favorites in the AFC South. They won it last year. It was a dramatic late-season charge. They had five wins in a row to end the regular season. Two of them came against the Tennessee Titans, who they chased down, who tumbled and stumbled and bumbled mightily to the finish last year um, for a slew of reasons not the least of which was were, were quarterback injury uh, problems there in, in Tennessee. But nevertheless, Jaguars took advantage. They made the playoffs. They won a playoff game in a dramatic comeback fashion. They were not blown out by any means by the Chiefs. Uh, they hung with them, at least, you could say. Um, but, uh, but you look back on, on what the Colts have seen, they, they've played the Jaguars during this uh, this nine-game non-winning streak That was uh, the 2020 year, uh, the first Philip Rivers game, where the Jaguars came back in the fourth quarter, beat them 27 to 20, the infamous Gardner Minshew game, and the infamous year where the Jaguars went one in 15. Their only win was against the Colts in Week One. That's how bad the Colts have been in Week One. They cannot even beat a team that lost all the other games they had that year. But it's been year after year, it's been time after time, it's been situation after situation. It's been teams in the AFC, the NFC. Doesn't matter. Colts have not been in the way. Overtime. There's there's
1: one common denominator. What's that? The Colts. That's
0: right. (laughs) That's (laughs) the
1: problem. It's funny. Stephen Holder asked Shane Steichen on Wednesday about, you know, do you know how long it's been? And he said no. Well. Maybe he said. Well, he said no. He knows. Yes. I just don't think. And the question would have been, well, have you addressed this with the team? Which Frank Reich would have in some form or fashion. He wouldn't have said, hey, you bunch of. Lollygaggers, let's win an opening game. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm sure Shane Steichen is taking the approach. I wasn't here, you know. Let's we're not we're not going to harp on as much as we harp on it because it's
0: because we were here. It's, not, it's
1: <laughs> nine years for crying out loud! You ought to fall into a ricocheted field goal or whatever, but I think they're really, really going to try to say this is this is the starting point you know, moving forward, whether they win Sunday or not, I don't know. But I, I think they really want to say that wasn't us. Last year, that circus last year, some of these – a lot of these players were still here. I think I looked, there's 19 players on this roster that have never played for the Colts. That's a lot. Ten, mm-hmm. ten rookies. So uh it, it's it's one of those, yeah, you know, but that that's not us, and they want to build forward, so – but – I think it's a good it's a good way to open the season at home with a division team, but I wish it was like Houston instead of Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's pretty good. Yeah,
0: and, and so we can get into Jacksonville a little bit and talk about uh, their strengths, their weaknesses, and, uh, and 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 confirm that yes, this is why they they are uh, one of the good teams in the AFC and people. Picking them as, as you know, uh, flyers. Uh, it's probably a, one of the more popular flyer bets to, uh, to win either the AFC win the Super Bowl in, in Vegas. Uh, not that I would know anything about that, of course. But
1: how many, but how many times? I was talking to the Jacksonville people today, they're, they're Jacksonville.com, they're Jag, Jaguars.com, and they said, What's the outside view of Jacksonville? I said, Well, you know, I sort of think they've got it right. They've got the quarterback, they've got the, the coach. I said what well, you have to understand this franchise has burned so many people so many times. Okay, this is a year, you know, and then no. So but but I, I do think that with with Trevor Lawrence and, and Doug Peterson and they got a lot. We'll get it. They got skill players mm-hmm. and they got a they got young premier or Pressure guys on the outside on defense. I like this team.
0: Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's get into the Jaguars. Then they, as I said, won a wild card game against the Chargers last year, coming back from a twenty-seven nothing halftime deficit where they were terrible, terrible oh, in the first half. Brutal. It was awful football. And then the Chargers were just as terrible in the second half to allow them to come back like that and win the game in Charger fashion. Lost in the divisional round uh, in Kansas City. Um, Trevor Lawrence uh, post game said something to the extent of "This is the new standard." Like you've said, chap, this is we, we've heard this in, in some sense from the Jaguars before, but uh, this is a, a franchise that has lost double-digit games, something like ten of the last twelve years, something like that. So the times where in the past where you think they're taking the right steps, it would immediately go back. Like not, right. not, there, there was not building from one season to the other with this franchise at all. And that's what they're trying to do differently this year is have some build from one season to the other, keep momentum, gain momentum, go forward. And, and it unquestionably starts with the quarterback and the head coach, like you said, to, to have those two together, but in particularly the franchise quarterback as Trevor Lawrence enters. If you can
1: have one or the other, you'll take the I'll quarterback. Take the quarterback, quarterback or we,
0: and then you'll figure out the head coach correct, later. Yes.
1: I, I, not to diminish the head coach. No quarterbacks yes. have so many so many ales.
0: Yes, and, and it, there are the teams that can succeed without a franchise quarterback are few and far between. It might include the San Francisco 49ers and that, we'll that see. lately. Yeah, exactly. I want to we'll see. see Brock Purdy. Yes, I, I that, just want to see it. But, no, you're right. Very interesting to watch them. But anyway, back to the Jaguars as Trevor Lawrence last year, um from November on, he had a very shaky start to the year. Um just getting well and and I think a lot of us as we were entering last season were questioning how good he was really going to be because did he really waste an entire year under Urban Meyer, and yes, that's yes. it looked like? He has, and the answer is it yes, like <laughs> yes, it was. And then it took two months to start the season, September and October, to really shake off and move forward and really find his stride under Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, and that entire uh, unit down there, and Jim Bob Cooter as well, who is an a, a, a assistant or in some capacity or an offensive um, analyst or whatever. I Forget exact his exact title uh, with, with the Jaguars before, um, but but anyway, Lawrence from. November onward in his last nine games of the season so he had eight games that were in and then his last nine games he was among the best in the league his quarterback rating was above 100 and he threw for more than 2,000 yards he threw for 15 touchdowns in those nine games as opposed to just two interceptions so that was pretty darn good he got really efficient he can run too we've seen it before as well like he's he's a big tall lanky guy so you look at him like how how mobile is this guy really but He uses his length very well in the run game. Like, he moves quickly. He moves suddenly. And once he gets those long legs going, he moves fast because he moves fast, and he has long legs, and he runs this is a, this is the dumbest thing I've ever said on this podcast. They had, like, like long legs, he moves quickly. Of course, he's going fast. So, like like Lawrence has proven, guys, that 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 he is like he's the guy that you build around. The Jaguars have tried to build around him, but he showed them last year taking significant steps forward in his second year in the NFL that they really have something they can build on here into year three under him.
1: Yeah, and, and again, it, it, it's all all the years that that they that they didn't have it right is because they thought they had the QB and they didn't and that's just so detrimental to a team to a franchise when you because you're wasting three years or at least at least two maybe three years to find out that he's not the guy and then while you're doing that the rosters are getting older so but i i think this guy and again he this isn't jalen hurts or justin fields or even richardson on running but he, he if you lose containment and things are covered, he's going to get you the mm-hmm. first down. Yep. And there's nothing more deflating to a defense yeah. than to have the perfect defense called and you lose track of the quarterback. So, And, and if you look around that offense, they've got 1,000-yard rusher. Calvin Ridley, who mm-hmm. really people don't know what he is. Uh, I, I was talking, to one, again, their Jacksonville writer down there. They, he, he He might have gone off the reservation a bit, <laughs> but he compared him to Marvin Harrison. And this was John Osher, and he was here during the Marvin years. And he said, this guy, he just elevates everybody. And and this is a, a group that they, they were pretty good last year, you know, with Christian Kirk and all these guys. And so it's it, the, the one thing the Colts can't do is get into a track meet with these guys. And Lawrence is capable of staging a track meet.
0: Yeah. Matt, I, I would say that, that the Jaguars as a team – look similar building around a young franchise quarterback as a couple of teams in the NFL have in recent years, the Bills and and the Eagles I'm referring to specifically with Josh Allen, with, um, with Jalen Hurts, that in the third year, they both took significant steps like you saw potential in them in the second year and then Allen two years ago his third year big step forward jalen hurts last year's third year big step forward and what they did was they added weapons around him stefan digs stefan aj brown and now you're getting calvin ridley and what ridley did two years ago in 2020 i guess three years ago now in 2020 was he had a 90 catch season for the falcons With Matt Ryan throwing him the ball 1300 plus yards nine touchdowns but he really hasn't played much since because he was injured in 2021 and then he was suspended for all of last year due to the NFL's gambling policy so like chap said there's a big unknown with Calvin Ridley but also the potential and the expectations are obviously huge for him and when you look at, like I said, what other NFL teams have done, this is kind of the the uh, the the path forward or the uh, what what you would expect the game plan for teams right now. They've seen other teams' success with this in the past,
2: so that's what the Jaguars are trying to do right now. Well, and, and yeah, I, I mean, on offense, like you guys have said, they've got some playmakers at the skilled possessions positions. Which, oh my goodness, what would that be like? That'd be nice. You know, they, they've got some guys that can rush. They've 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 just got playmakers all up and down that roster. So. Uh, it really kind of scares me to think of what the Jags would have done last season if they would have had some competent stuff uh, coaching-wise when Lawrence was a rookie because it does feel like that was just kind of a wasted season for him there under Urban Meyer. Yeah. Uh, the, so the question with the Jaguars'
0: offense comes down to their offensive line, mm-hmm. 100%. Like No doubt about it. And there are obvious issues on that line. Uh, We'll start at left tackle where Cam Robinson is not going to play. He's been their left tackle for a couple years. He is suspended for the first four games of the season because of the NFL substance abuse policy. So you're bringing in a guy, Walker Little, who started some games for them last year but did not grade out overly well during that time because he's your backup tackle. And, well, he's still your backup tackle technically right now because Cam Robinson is number one there. They brought in Brandon Scherf as a guard last year to really – be the veteran, anchor the interior of the line. He was not great. He had a subpar year, and the question for him becomes, is it because he's getting older, or is it because he had an abdomen injury that he was dealing with for uh, the majority of the season? So he's going to come back this year, and he hopes to be better. But but what is it? You, like, you don't know yet if it's the fact that he's just too old and he's over the hill or if that really was an injury plagued season that that is uh, going to affect him just the one year and that he can get back to what was really a pro bowl if not all pro form that he had in washington in as many years before right tackle they lose their starting right tackle juan taylor kansas city signed him for a 20 million a year deal to protect the right side of Patrick Mahomes there, so they invested quite a bit of money in this guy. They thought he was pretty good, and he was pretty good for Jacksonville last year. So they drafted a guy, first-round tackle, out of Oklahoma, I think it was, to be their starting right tackle. So you have question at right tackle because it's a rookie. You, you, like He's had a okay preseason, but he's a rookie. At left tackle, you've got a guy who was a backup last year, still a backup really this year. On the inside, the guy that you brought in the veteran to anchor everything is – well, is he too old, or was he just injured last year? So, so that's the question, uh, chap. Is that and and this is, it, it's it's uh, it doesn't matter how many weapons you have, and the Jaguars have, I think, as many that can stack up against teams throughout the league, maybe Cincinnati. a top five, right. you know, top five right. weapons, quote unquote, unit. But if you don't have any time, then that kind of uh, makes it a moot point. So that offensive line needs to answer its critics. Like ESPN's Mike Clay, I think, ranked them 31st in the NFL this preseason. They actually saw a picture of them on the sideline. Like they had an offensive coach or something hanging out with them. They had like 31st on the back of the uh, the, the shirt or something like that. So so they know. Like they know the expectations for them or they know that it is uh, that they where they are viewed in the league. And they have to answer the bell right here It's the season well, begins. And that's,
1: and that's why we can argue how many strengths the Colts have. One is a defensive front. Mm-hmm. And that has got to step up. You've got to get outside pressure. Buck's going to be Buck. He's going to get you at the end of the season. He's going to have eight or nine sacks. Grover's going to be Grover. But how, how do you handle the outside pressure? Again, linebackers are going to be fine. But you know, if a team has a weakness, you have got to exploit it. And a lot of times in the past, we haven't seen that. My biggest concern, as I've talked about pass rush and the corners, is I didn't notice a guy in camp as an outside pass rusher in the past with justin houston or even in gawkway last year you you saw bursts Mm -hmm. didn't see that this year you you saw a flash or two from dio maybe they just disguised everything i mean offensively we didn't see anything but this defense has got to carry the day until the offense gets its feet under it which however long that's going to be saying it's going to it's going to take some time it's going to take some time yeah so you know and it puts a lot of pressure on, on the defense and then Again, regardless what the defensive front does, those corners for the Colts scare me. They just do. You know, Dallas Flowers is a great story. That's fine, but on game day, you know he's he played four games last year at corner because they were hurt. They, they were they were banged up, and Daryl Baker. So so th- that concerns me. And fortunately, that the Colts aren't facing quite the offensive powers this year that they they did last year, which is which is a good thing. Hmm. But the, when you face the top quarterbacks, and this guy is a top—I don't know—we'll say top ten because he's still young. Mm-hmm. But this is the kind of quarterback that can really put the points up if you're not if you're not on point on defense. Yeah, and
0: and, and I think Chap alluded to it, to it. Matt, is that the the I think edge pressure is going to be so key in this game as to how the Colts fare, uh, because I think that, that Buck and Grover can do the job, especially Buck in the middle, uh, but, but at the same time, if you don't contain on the edges, if you're not taking advantage of these two tackles that I just talked about that are very much questionable as we enter this season – then, 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 what's the point anyway? Because uh, Trevor Lawrence very much has the ability to get out of the pocket, throw on the run. We've seen it uh, against the Colts over the last couple of years. Him doing that, so I, I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Samson Ebikam, who they brought in as a free agent? Is it going to be Quiddy Pay, who the Colts would love for it to be? Quiddy Pay, they want him to be that guy. On he needs
1: to have the year because he's. They got the fifth year option. They've not. Yes, they would need to ex-
0: ex- right. exercise. Like the question with Quiddy, like, and I think is has to be answered this year. Is he going to turn into somebody who's like? like a Justin Houston, or is he going to turn into someone who's like a Jabal Sheard, who is a very Which good player? Which is not player. a bad thing. No, but, not but. at all. But it's not Justin Houston who's getting ten or twelve sacks a year, who is the NFL's all-time leader in safeties. If you'd ask me, who, who do you want on your team as a young player, either Jabal Sheard or Justin Houston? The answer is obvious. It's Justin Houston. Right. You want the guy who can get off the edge and get to the quarterback. Jabal Sheard was a tremendous edge setter. He was a great run defender, and Quiddy Pay I think is approaching that level right now. But his sack numbers, his pressure numbers, his quarterback hit numbers have not been there. And if you draft a guy in the first round, that's what you certainly hope for, and that that's what earns you that fifth-year option in your rookie deal if, if quitty doesn't approach that then maybe they don't pick that up end of the year but that we'll, we'll get to that later so so matt the question is like who's going to be off the edge is it quitty is it dio is it taekwon is it samson you know, who, who's it going to be that can complement that interior pressure that we know buck buckner can provide and keep uh
2: keep lawrence contained so that he doesn't get out and really kill you my money's on quitty i think he will have a good year this year and I, I really do hope that we're going to see some of that in this first game. We saw a little bit here and there uh, during the preseason from this unit. But, again, you can, what, what can you tell from the preseason, really?
1: They don't need Quiddy to have a good year. They need Quiddy to have a very good year. They really do. And, and that, that's what they banked on. Remember when, when they took these two guys in the first and second round, he and Dio? Well, it, now's the time. It just is. I, and they've not been a bust by any stretch. Nope. But when you take a pass rusher in in round one, like you said, you 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 want and you need more, and hopefully this is. And he's been bothered by, gosh, this injury, that mm-hmm. injury. Yeah, he's and had some th- nagging stuff. And he did. Maybe this is a year because I I think he's shown things. Like you said, he he's not the the prototypical pass rusher. He's more you know, and if he's Jab- Jabal shared, that's great. <laughs> but but you need more.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one note on the offense before we move on from the Jaguars there uh, they also re-signed their tight end Evan Ingram to a pretty big deal this offseason so I mean you, 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 you t- we talk so much about their outs- outside weapons the guys like uh, guys like Calvin Ridley or Christian Kirk who gave, they gave a massive contract to everyone's like why are they giving Christian Kirk this we contract saw he's yeah. over we we saw saw I year. was one of the biggest <laughs> yeah, credits yeah. of that me too like we were here on this podcast like what are they doing For that a guy that had 800 yards or 900 yards uh, as a career and, and then he had a thousand last year and was a big big part of Trevor Lawrence really coming into his own in the second half of that season. Like The Jaguars knew what they were doing when a lot of people didn't. Credit to the Jaguars and that's
2: not something you've said often over the last 10 years in the NFL. No, and that's kind of why the, the Jaguars kind of scare me a little bit in the mm-hmm. division this year is because they've actually done some things that have not backfired. <laughs> right, right. Totally. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's the offense the Colts will
0: have to face. How about uh, the other side of the ball, the defense? The Jaguars actually bring back all 11 starters on their roster Rare. from last year to this year uh, and, and that includes includes guys up front like they they have playmakers on really every level it's not a defense that has completely come together but 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 like we've said with Shaquille Leonard earlier in this in this podcast having playmakers is is the next best thing if you if you have no if you have no consistency stopping the ball and no playmakers then you're terrible you're dead in the water but if you if you can't stop the ball at least have some playmakers that, that can get you the ball back and last year they had four different guys with three interceptions uh, so they had multiple different players who could pick the ball off. They had uh, on the front line, you have Josh Allen on one edge, an outside linebacker. The other outside linebacker in their 3-4 system was Trayvon Walker, the rookie, who only had three and a half sacks last year. Very similar to that, even more so than how the Colts feel about Quiddy Pay, Chap. They need Trayvon Walker to step up and have a big year this year so he can be really a 10-sack guy to pair with Josh Allen and make this defense more dangerous than it has been in recent years. Yeah, it's,
1: it's kind of, that defense, it's kind of built like the Colts were with, with Freeney and Mathis. Mm-hmm. You know, they had some other good players, a few great players, I guess. But boy, when you've got the edge pass rushers, whether you get sacks or not, get pressure. Get that quarterback to throw a half a second quicker or or force the ball out. Uh, Anthony Richardson's, that first quarter at Buffalo, the interception, it's because they they took something away and he threw the ball when he shouldn't have or whatever, Mm -hmm. and that's what you want. With a a young quarterback, the best thing for a defense is is to create indecision, and that's what Richardson's
0: going to have to fight. That next level, linebackers, guys like Devin Lloyd, uh, Foye Aluakon, which is in the all-Mike Chapel. I can spell it, but if I can't it. If I can spell it, name. we're good. Exactly. But the last two years, he's racked up 376 tackles. Like, he had 190-plus two years ago with the Falcons. He had 180-plus last year with the Jaguars. Just a tackling machine. Absolutely a machine there.
1: And what was it? Zaire set the franchise record last year with one... 66, yep. I think. Yep. So that puts that into context. Yep.
0: And there was a time when Zaire was kind of hanging pace with him early in the right. year, but then Foyer, which like, nope. See you later. Goodbye. We're going to keep doing 13, 15. Sa- uh, Sometimes we
1: slough off sack totals because then they're just five yards down. Tackle totals. Yes. We should, but yeah, but yeah.
0: still that, that's a, an amazing total. It's a heck of a total. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, Zaire and Bobby kind of split that last year, Okereke. Okay, okay. Like, they would both go back and forth. That's why it wasn't always Zaire being the big one. But for the Jaguars, uh, Aloakan, Aluakon is, is the guy there. And then in the secondary, they have some playmakers. Cornerback Tyson Campbell was ranked the seventh best pro football focus corner last year. And uh, safety Andre Sisko, I know they're high on. Syracuse University, shout out uh, to the Orange, so I have to throw him there too. But, but, but like I said, they have guys they like, but overall last year, um, some stats were not were not great it was and it was the passing defense that was not the best for them because they didn't they didn't get as much pressure as they have had in years past that Jaguars defensive line sometimes had had been one of the better ones in the NFL they had guys like Achilles Campbell there for a long time in the middle of that defense who was a really tough pass rusher and then they added Josh Allen uh, as well from the outside so like last year Allen had only seven sacks and Walker only had three and a half like that's 10 total from the outside which is eh. Like, you, you hope that they get more along the lines of somewhere between 17 and 20 between them uh, this coming year, if you're the Jaguars, and bump those numbers up. And that will help out your past defense, which was 30th in the NFL in defense adjusted value over average. And I know that Mike Chappell certainly knows what that is, but uh, no, no, absolutely. OPS. It's like OPS. What's OPS? Exactly. I, yeah, I, it's, I, it's one of those added advanced metrics where you take, like, down in distance, you evaluate how the defense did, and then you compare it against how every other team hurt. in the league It does. It hurts mine, too, but. But it's it, it's a it's a useful stat. It's not an. All-encompassing stat, it's like twenty-seven and seven, chap. It, it, to be a to be to have a fam- throw a famous stat. Don't out mention there. the name. Don't exactly. mention the no, name. I, I certainly won't. But it's it's a stat that tells part of the story and not the entire story for sure. Um, so so that's that that's kind of a look at the Jaguars' defenses in the past. You've been able to throw against them last year and run decently, but more so throw against them and 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 against the the Colts. I mean, that's that's the big question mark for them this year. Matt is how 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 exactly are they going to throw the ball? It seems like the Jaguars' weakness lies up a little bit with the Colts weakness at the same time because the, their their passing game with a rookie quarterback who completed 55 percent of his passes in college and wide receivers that have not broached pro bowl capacity in the NFL so far uh you you, you you like I said the weakness kind of matches up with the weakness so if you're the Jaguars defense you probably feel better than you would if facing a, a team that had obviously a, a better more reliable
2: more established passing offense well it, it, it's kind of funny that the offensive line is is not necessarily, we don't know what we're going to get from for Jacksonville. And so you're kind of looking at the Colts pass rush. Can they yep. take advantage of that? And you're kind of looking at the Colts passing games. Not, we don't really know what it is right now. And can the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of take advantage of that a little mm-hmm. bit? All eyes on Anthony Richardson this week. He will make his first NFL start. And uh, Matt
0: did some good research here to go back and uh, recap the, Last two major rookie debuts for the Colts, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. And, and I, I, I thought it was funny how like, how some of these stats were pretty similar. Very uh, close. They're, they're that almost end. identical. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was eerie. That, that both of them, Peyton Manning started his career against Dan Marino in the Dolphins back in 1998. Uh, the Colts lost by nine points, but Manning threw for 300 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and was sacked four times. Andrew Luck started his career against the Bears, Jay Cutler, uh, in 2012. The Colts lost by twenty that year. Uh, luck threw for three hundred yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and was sacked three times. So I guess Anthony Richardson, as he takes on Trevor Lawrence, the bar is three hundred yards passing, one touchdown, and <laughs> three, three interceptions. Inter- <laughs> That's okay, take right okay. that. I would too. I would completely take that. You know, like you figure, especially in a game if 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 you're tra- if if the one thing I think you don't want to do is you're looking at these stats with this year's Colts in particular, with Anthony Richardson in particular. You don't want to get down by 20, like luck was uh, to, to Jay Cutler. Luck was Bears.
1: 23 or 45. You, no, he, yeah. he doesn't need
0: to throw yeah, 45 times. You don't times. need ever. 40 attempts from Richardson. Ever is a good word. Yes, ever. <laughs> ever. And if, if he throws 45 times over two weeks, I'd be, I'd be more happy with that. But, but it, like you, you don't want to put him in a situation that he's not as ready for yet. And, and that would be one of them. If you're behind by multiple touchdowns in the second half and you know you need to score points quickly and the defense knows you need to score points quickly. So Walker and Allen can pin their ears back off the edge, go after you, see what happens. And, uh, and, and so that's, like I said, that's what you want to avoid if if Richardson throws for 300 yards and a touchdown i would
2: be stunned absolutely
0: stunned so would i, his, I, 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 I would yeah
2: i cuz I, I was talking to a couple guys in the newsroom about this you know how luck and, and manning there were some similarities in the yardage the interceptions all that stuff but it's you know luck and manning were still luck could move but they were still pocket passers in many respects you consider them to be prototypical pocket guys Anthony Richardson's not. No. So it's it's an apples to oranges comparison a little bit mm-hmm. with those two guys versus Richardson. Yeah. So beside Anthony Richardson, is going to be running back by committee? In my
0: opinion, you throw the guy out there who can protect Richardson the best, the most. So wh- whoever gets the uh, whoever knows his responsibilities in in um, in pass protection the most. Send him out there. I don't care if it's Jackson. I don't care if it's Moss. I don't care if it's the rookie, Evan it's Hall. It's
1: probably Evan Hall.
0: It might be. It very much might be Evan Hall. Throw him out there. Give him give him 60% of the snaps. Give the other two guys 20% of the snaps each. And, and, and call it a day out there. Because like I want Richardson to be protected as much as possible. I think all three of those guys, with an emphasis on both Jackson and Hall, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Jackson caught like 10 balls in one game last year. Against,
1: against – uh... Jacksonville.
0: I think it was Jacksonville in the home game uh, against Jacksonville, Uh, and then uh, that's what Hall did the best when he was at Northwestern. He was a really good receiver out of the backfield. So, um, so get a guy who can protect the quarterback, and uh, like all three of them running, I think are very level. they're, They're fine. They're fine. They they're, they appear to be NFL running backs. And heck, we they're, don't, they're seven yards. Yeah, we, we don't even know all that much about Evan Hall yet, but but the right. other two guys, they, they average, what, four yards per carry? What, so, what, what, what's going to be missing, obviously, is is the home run.
2: Yeah, and that's what Taylor provided. Yeah. Taking that seven-yard run and turning it into a 60-yard run. I
1: think these guys, if, if, if they're seven yards there, they're going to get maybe eight. Taylor gets you more, but that's, that's the world they're in now. It's not going to change, maybe forever. So they're the the problem is in, in the difference in manning and luck in this is those two guys had pretty good players around them now lucks were were rookies ty and the tight right. ends did and, have reggie wayne too yeah yes yes and vic ballard pretty I, i'd take mm-hmm. vic ballard in
0: over any of these running backs over any probably over these guys but mississippi state shout out to chris Hagan. i
1: know that's, <laughs> he, he was, they have re, redone the uh, the the hallway at the colts complex and they got Big play moments, and they've got uh, Vic Ballard's uh, corkscrew run oh, to, yeah. to the pylon
0: yes. against Tennessee yeah.
1: overtime. I think it was. Yeah, but it's just this is this is not the way you want your 21 year old rookie to start his career with just running backs that are just okay and four receivers on the roster, and you're not sure. What you've got with the receivers, you think, you know, with Pittman, you really, I, I was disappointed in Alec Pierce's preseason.
0: I, I, I was. How can you be anything else right now? He dropped six, the one big player tar- that came oh, to him. The, the, tar- the best
1: yeah. throw any quarterback can make, and, and they dropped it. And it's not fair, but if they're going to take more shots downfield with, with this quarterback, mm-hmm. if they take seven, you got to catch four. Mm-hmm. You just have to. Yep so uh just so many questions the one question I probably don't have is the offensive line I think it's going to play okay until an injury and and then we'll see but it's just not it's just not ideal to have this quality of supporting cast skill players around the quarterback when all along they say we gotta you know talk to Quentin Nelson well we got to make sure we do our job so he's not having to do too much well right now he may have to do more than He's ready to do because of the people around him.
0: Yeah. I, once there's an injury anywhere on this roster, I think all bets are off because Except we, we talked we talk about yeah. this last week. Yeah. I, I would probably feel better at quarterback going to <laughs> Minshew, which, which is No cr- disrespect to Anthony Which Richardson is crazy. At all.
1: But, which is yeah. crazy. But, you know, if you lose Bernard Ryman, you're toast. You, you just are. And I'd say, you know, buck inside, on, you might be able to get by a little bit because you got Taquan and all those guys. But, but, I'm really interested to see how Richardson plays. He's shown us, you know, initially when you start checking things off, he's got the temperament. He does. He, he's he got the upbringing and, and you know, going through hard times and this, that, and the other. But he, he has not seen – he's going to see things on Sunday that he's not seen yet, and you will see things the next Sunday because no one shows you much of anything in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So everything that he's prepared for, well, they're going to say, well, you're going to see 10 times more than that. And like I said, the biggest thing with a a quarterback is indecision. And I think there's going to be, you know, questionable moments for him and he's got to respond the
0: right way. And I think on the other side of the coin to that, Matt, is uh, if there's things that he's never seen, there's absolutely going to be things the Jaguars have never seen with with a new head coach and a new quarterback with such a unique skill set that Richardson has. Like as much as we have, we have, the brakes I think throughout this offseason training camp preseason said that it's going to take some time there are going to be ups and downs I think the ups are going to be very I think they're going to be some thrilling moments for the Colts this year because Richardson seems like the type of guy who can put those together and we've seen glimpses of it even in the preseason in that game against the Eagles I know he's going up against the second unit for the for the Eagles defense no doubt about it but he shed a couple of tackles a couple of sacks. He threw one ball where he's being ripped to the ground. He barely made this first down on a run that he just slid in a way that like reminded me of Lamar Jackson. Instead of going to the line, he just took when back inside. When he should have gone out of quick. bounds yeah, and exactly. saved his body, but exactly. no, he, he cut so, up. And... So I think, I think there's going to be a lot to watch that will like knock on wood. <laughs> if guys stay healthy and, uh, and, and Shane Steichen is as, uh, is as effective as all Colts fans hope he is. And as as, well as Philadelphia fans, as Philadelphia know fans saw him to right. be, this could be at times like the highs could could keep Colts fans I think through the season. You hope the lows just aren't right. Four
2: interception lows, right? Exactly. We, we, we know he's gonna. I think he's gonna make some big runs. He's gonna throw a, a ball or two where you're gonna go, oh my goodness! There's nobody else in the Andrew league that Lundin. can do that. Oh.
1: Andrew Luck threw some bonehead throws though. Yeah, you going to go the other way?
2: Well, no. I was going to say he's going to do that. He's going to have that where he's going to make a couple throws. You're like, I don't know if anybody else in the league can do that. And then he's going to have a receiver ten feet away from him, and he's going to throw it into the turf. And you're going to be like, or he's going to throw it in the coverage, five yards, five guys, guys covered by five guys. We're going to squeeze it in there. There's no window, kid. You can't do that. We're going to have that plus and minus the whole year. I think. Super young secondary. Uh,
0: this is our last note before we get into keys to the game and, uh, and our predictions. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about pass rush already. We've talked a bit about the offensive line. Um, but I, I'll be intrigued to see, Chap, if there is a rotation in the secondary. Because you got Daryl Baker Jr. and Dallas Flowers listed as your starters. I'm wondering if Juju Brents will see any play if he has uh, returned from his uh, hamstring injury that kept him out of he the preseason. He missed so much time. He, did, he missed so much. And Jalen Jones, I don't think uh, – you, you, it is rare to hear Chris Ballard sing the praises of people as much yeah. as he did Jalen Jones. He was almost – Chuck Pagano, uh, Malik Hooker. He was. He was darn close. Effusive of his praise for those two young cornerbacks. So we, we will see Baker and Flowers to start it off. But will they rotate those guys in for a series or two somewhere to get them some play, get I some think tape some with them? Some they will because
1: yeah. because again, Flowers and Baker aren't like they're our guys. I mean, they're they're your guys because that's who you finished with, right? And they and they played that in preseason. But you know, we all talked. They drafted Juju Brins to be their starter but that the set him that set him back in, in, in off-season workouts and then that hamstring, hamstrings are just – they're just tough. Ask Jelani Woods. Ask, oh, yeah. ask, ask uh, Cooper Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and if you're not careful, it, it goes from being three weeks to, you know, half the season. Mm-hmm. But they, they've got to get Juju Brents on the field and, and Jalen Jones as well.
2: I'm, I'm really shocked that – Well, I mean, it's because of the injury, but I I really was convinced going into after OTAs and all this. That Brents was going to be the the day one starter, right? But because of the self setbacks and the injury, that's not going to be well, the he case.
1: Had hamstring to open up camp, didn't yep. he? Yeah, yeah, yep.
2: You just couldn't you couldn't elevate. No, him you there. couldn't. That's you the just problem. didn't have. You you were not able to get him the reps and the activity that you needed yeah. in order
0: to do that. Like I, I compare it like for a second, I compare it to Josh Downs because at the beginning he wasn't there either. Like and you brought him in, you tried to work him in, but then immediately Brent was gone. Like and and Downs stayed in there. Like in that time where you work him in with Isaiah McKenzie and then you make him the starter. Like there was just never that next step. They never could take that next step with him. So does it happen throughout the year? Maybe it does. Maybe in week four or five you're talking about Juju Brents being out there alongside either Baker or Flowers as one of the starting cornerbacks if he stays healthy. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So Colts-Jaguars this weekend. We're going to do keys to the game. We're going to do our predictions uh, for this week. I know that the Jaguars are favored. I think it's by like five or six points. Um, and I'll look that up in a minute, uh, but I, I'll start off with our with our keys to the game uh, and, and predictions. I, I've alluded to this already. I, I think the key will be can, can the Colts get some kind of rush on, on uh, Trevor Lawrence and really keep him in-the-pocket type of rush. So it's not just Buckner up the middle. It, this also has to go with the guys on the outside, um, whether it's Quiddy or Dio or Samson or, or, or Taequann, uh, getting some edge pressure on this young quarterback who last year really took a significant leap forward and the the team has such high expectations for him this year as to be the guy that leads them into the future as the, uh, the now perennial AFC South contenders at least and perhaps AFC contenders. In the AFC, you need a quarterback to contend because of how many there are out there and the Jaguars believe and they should believe that they have it there and Trevor Lawrence, can the Colts get the edge pressure with that unit um and 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 take him down and keep him uh, keep him kind of uh, contained and that's what they did last year when when it was here at home when the game was here in, in Indianapolis they had something like five sacks four or five sacks in that game and uh, I think both teams scored like twenty eight thirty four points right around there but uh, yeah like the offense matched it but the Colts kept him from that last drive that he was going down the field with them. Is that the buck? Dio I think he yeah, was fucking sack. Dio yes strip sack and uh, and Dio I think fell on it if I remember correctly I can't remember specifically but uh, but yeah that was the play that that ended the game for them so a couple of couple of streaks kind of going against each other in this game Colts haven't won in nine straight season openers but the Jaguars have lost five games in a row here in Indianapolis nine of their last ten something's got to give I do not think it'll be the Colts streak so I'm going to pick the Jaguars here in Week One. I'm going to go 27 to 17. I think that uh, I think that Anthony Richardson has a touchdown just like Peyton Manning and uh, and Andrew Luck did in their debuts. Might even have a rushing touchdown. He could have two touchdowns if uh, nice prop bet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, if if you're interested in those types of things, but but I think the Jaguars are too much. I think they start the year exactly how they expect to. Uh, on the road as a, a team that's turning the corner uh, in the division in, in franchise history, perhaps, uh, and uh, and they take care of business here in Week 1. Matt, we'll go to you next.
2: Chap, you can wrap us up. I'm going to look up and see exactly what the line is for, for this game, but Matt, go ahead. Well, part the, the, my heart wants to say that the Colts are going to win 24-21 with a Matt Gay field goal Ooh. at the end, but I think what's going to happen is Uh, The Colts will get kind of an early lead on this one. They're going to, because the Jaguars don't know exactly what's going to hit them with Anthony Richardson, they're going to get a couple of big plays early, but I think they're going to fade down the the end. And I I think we're probably looking at something like, uh, you know, 28 to 17, something along those lines, Jaguars. It is a five-point line right now, and the over-under is 45.5,
0: so they're expecting something like a 25 to 20 ball game is what Vegas is saying. So anyway, Chap, uh, your, your your thoughts?
1: I'm expecting like 31-17, Jacksonville. Uh, I I think this team comes out and plays well early, and but but then I, again, I, I I I until I'm going to be a doubter until I see the corners play well mm-hmm. consistently because this is one where your corners can play well for 45 or 50 plays, and those five plays just kill you. So uh, no, I, but I think they'll play well. They're going to be hyped. I think the best prop bet to put money on is who will be the Colts' leading rusher, Richardson or the field. Yeah. And it'd be kind of cool if he's their leading rusher. Probably wouldn't be best for the team unless he's up 150 yards. Right. Which, breaks a couple big ones. Which so, and again, it's just, it's just so crazy to just, and, and we asked Shane Steichen this about all the preparation you've done. What, what do you expect? And he said, the unknown. Uh, I, coaches try to cover everything they can, and I remember talking to Tony Dungy, his first year as a coach. wasn't here; it was in Tampa. He said they thought they had everything covered, and then they went to Miami, and they had the baseball field, and it rained, so they had a they had a big mess in the middle of the field. And he said, well, "Didn't expect that." So, and again, keep in mind this is this is this kid's twenty one. He's the third youngest quarterback to start in league history, and the youngest Colt. So he'll, he'll they'll be good, they will be bad, but I just think he won't be able to make enough plays with the people around him. 31-17, and we're gonna tell so much about this team in week two against Houston, but we'll get to that next week.
2: I mean, that that's the, the thing, it's the great unknown. We, we just, I do not know, not that I knew last year what to expect, but I had some expectation for the team. This year I have no idea what's going on coming into the first game of the year. All,
1: all you wanna see, We'll talk about it all year long. All you want to see <laughs> is growth from the right. quarterback. If you see him, regard you don't want him to go 3-14 and 14 or whatever the math is. You want to see the quarterback grow to some level every week because that gives you hope that he's the right guy.
0: And we'll see what that baseline is over these first couple weeks of the season to grow from. Like whatever it is in week one, it's hard to just take one week, you know, at a time. And say grow from that week. It's going to be the first month of the season, and say, hey, December needs to be better
1: What What, than what you hope for is he is obviously he is the right guy, and then it's going to be it's going to be uh, Anthony Richardson and Trevor Lawrence. Twice
0: a year for the next ten years, mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool stuff. Maybe C.J. Stroud as well. Maybe Will Levis if he's the guy there. Right. In in. Uh, in that would Tennessee. be wild. It? seriously, that would be insane if it's like it's just three guys, or uh, and, and then Trevor Lawrence. That would be cool. Really cool. That's what all. That's what all the teams hope for right now. That, no doubt about it. Colts Jaguars Sunday afternoon 1pm kickoff broadcast in Central Indiana on Fox 59 make sure you get the opportunity to watch that game if you're As not going to be yeah exactly have a plan to watch that game if you know what I'm talking about. We appreciate you all listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the rest of this week, which we'll certainly tweet out, whether it's injury updates, roster updates, whatever's going down. When Jonathan Taylor doesn't sign uh, or does sign on Saturday, and he's out there on the field Sunday running for 150 yards, you can he's find on it. pup four games. That's true. That's, that's a good point. So that, that's Settle not down. Yeah, man. not, not, not <laughs> happening. I know. I know. I know. I know. All right. That's it. That's all we have to say. We'll see you next week. Colts Blue Zone podcast.